0: everyone welcome to the podcast and i've got a really cool uh guest i've been lining up for a bit of a while now it's actually carol my friend carol um she studies a bachelor of linguistics and language sciences and a bachelor of arts creative writing major she also is kind of tossing up between sociology and philosophy for the minor and honestly um she teaches arabic which is freaking cool right so i'm definitely have to jump in on that and she's just got a really interesting kind of philosophical thoughtful vibe and if you don't already know the way that I kind of pick my guests is that I kind of have a, a gut feeling to it and I was having a gut feeling for you Carol so welcome to the show
1: thank you very much for that really warm welcome um yeah I'm really glad to be here sorry it took so long to actually do think
0: <laughs> now that's all good thank you thank you so much for coming on um I want to start like just kind of a bit broadly, linguistics. What is going on with linguistics?
1: What is going on? Okay, so linguistics is the study of language more broadly. Um, How I got into it is a bit of a story. Uh, Is that what you're after? Do you just want a general kind of what do I like about linguistics?
0: Go for the story, go for what you like and just, yeah, (laughs) let's go
1: cool so this is this is going to take us back a bit uh so i grew up in uh kuwait in the middle east uh and i um i went to this international school and um so growing up my my favorite subject was english um because it was a lot of fun just looking at all the different texts and analyzing them and things like that and the story of, of how i even found that school was it has a whole other story to it like it's it's just a series of very interesting uh, stories that tie together in the most mysterious way, but that's, that's how God works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, long story short, um, uh, really into analyzing things and, um, found that passion uh, in school, um, through, uh, English classes and literature and stuff like that. Uh, And then when I got into high school, I took up sociology. And then that was pretty interesting. Um, Didn't even know that I was going to come to Australia for uni. Um, That's, again, a whole other story. Um, But, yeah, um, I was uh, in Australia visiting my auntie in 2019. And I was looking for a course to actually study because it was at that age. I was done with year 12. Um, I had one year left because it was a, a British school so it was year 13 and I was looking for uh, a course and I was thinking of studying either you know English or sociology didn't really know that there were other options that would kind of suit me Um and then I rocked up to Macquarie because they had an open day because this was in August and I didn't even know that there was going to be an open day at the time but I just kind of rocked up and they had uh you know, the, the sessions that they hold, they talk to you about the Bachelor of Arts and the Bachelor of all of the things, all the bachelors. Uh, and I kind of walked into the linguistics one because uh, it was the end of the day and I was exhausted and I was just curious. And I was like, well, you know, nothing to lose. Um, and when I walked in, they were actually describing exactly what I wanted, uh, like to the T. And I, I, yeah, I finally understood that you know there was a a word for what it was that I was looking for um, which was language analysis that was kind of focused on language but also had a little bit of a sociological base and also a psychological base and also a little bit of philosophy and um, it was really exciting and so I kind of went home and um, I googled an acceptance letter from Macquarie and I kind of printed that out and kind of hung up above my desk and would look at that to give me study motivation for my last my last year's school um yeah that was that was how I found linguistics and when I actually started the course I just it's been such a win I feel like I've been falling in love with it a little more with every unit uh, as cringe and uh, cheesy as that sounds <laughs> but yeah so that's that's how I found linguistics so to speak
0: wow that's so cool and it's really cool how like everything same sounds as though things clicked in that moment so what have you what have you discovered like why why the interest in linguistics why like like all those things
1: yeah um well because um well when i was when i was looking for a uni degree to actually get into the advice that I was hearing was look for something that you're good at look for something that you're interested in and look for something that'll make money <laughs> and kind of merge the three um I don't know much about the money situation I'm sure it'll sort itself out Whoa. um <laughs> but uh I I know for a fact that I really am very interested in that kind of uh, technical analysis of language um and I like to think that I'm good at it like I don't want to sound like I'm bragging or whatever but it's just been something that um, has always been a strength of mine and yeah so so there was that um, I also, it's just a lot of fun, like in school when they would give you a, a text to, to read or whatever, you'd, you'd read it, you'd analyze it, you'd take it apart like literally rip it to shreds down to not even word level but like phony level uh, and then you'd analyze that and then you put it back together using your own words uh, with a whole new meaning or with a bunch of different interpretations. Uh, and that's been incredibly fascinating to me. Um, so, yeah, I've, that's that's just incredibly exciting for me. Uh, and then when I got into uni, I found that you could kind of take that and apply it to larger contexts like uh, nonfiction texts, like news items. Like, why is it that we see different events the way that we see them? um and to people's speech like what makes interactions successful or unsuccessful um what is it that happens in the workplace for example that makes a team you know run smoothly what is what are the little bumps in the road how can we tell that there are going to be future problems all all that kind of stuff um and then in my own personal life it's like this is all fairly new like this avenue of exploration but um looking at uh, different phrasings of uh, the the bible and you know how things are written there like the wording there and the original translations and stuff like that I've been looking more into that and it's just been so fascinating because you know there could be a scripture that I will have read since I was a kid and then when I look at the original translation it would just have so much more depth and meaning and then it would have so many more applications <laughs> to daily life and yeah
0: that that's actually really cool i've um you know i've uh, there's this whole vein of like language and word and the spoken word and just writing that's kind of fascinated me like on and off um but you know there's that whole thing about etymology like etymology of words and how sometimes words kind of and you know like spell like to spell something while like also like a like a wizard or a witch casting a spell that's yeah. Like a magic to words. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, abracadabra. Yes. Abracadabra, Ali I don't know how, how much, but that means I speak, and it and it is made, or I speak and it is created. Mm. And so it's like there really is a magic to to I don't know language, and and speech. And I guess like it, it sounds like to me there is so much richness and depth in language that is kind of just hidden. Could you speak could you speak to the how our words kind of betray us, but we don't even we're not even aware of them?
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. So there's there's so much there. Um well I guess this kind of segues a little bit into the whole uh superior war hypothesis. Um well, there's there's language determinism and then there's the that one's kind of outdated, then there's language relativism. So I'll explain these. So um I mean, you probably already know these, but um yeah. So this is kind of the relationship between uh, language and how we think. Uh, like, is is the does language dictate our thoughts? Um, because we have, you know, all these different uh, kind of languages, and so so does it mean that people who speak different languages think differently? Do they see the world in a different way? Mm. Um, so there was the uh, example. See, I don't. <laughs> this this is something i heard on a podcast this isn't even like from a reading or something but uh the words for like i think it was bridge uh and moon i think in one language it's uh one of them has like a feminine kind of it's 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 said in the feminine and the other is said in the masculine and so they got people to uh describe people who speak those two languages to describe the bridge and then uh the people who saw the bridge as masculine their own uh, language would say oh yeah it's a strong bridge it's this tall bridge these like really cut masculine words or you know stereotypically masculine words um whereas speakers of the language is feminine is like oh it's elegant uh, it's graceful it connects two things together <laughs> stuff like that um but that's i think that's a bit of an outdated view uh language determinism the more because it it said that language determines you know the way that we think and that people who speak different languages can't really connect or think the same thing. We can't think outside of the constraints of language. That is not true. Uh, And so I think a more popular view right now is language relativism, where language does kind of affect how we think, but it doesn't constrain it. Uh, And people can think outside of the constraints of language.
0: Right. So, So, like, language kind of influences it, but doesn't fully constrain it
1: yeah yeah so you can also see this in the way that we phrase things sometimes um so you can especially see this on like different headlines where it's like instead of for example um i don't know uh the like she broke the bays like if i if i destroyed some glass item at home um you could be like oh this 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 item was broken like whether or not you use the passive voice or active voice, that can kind of affect how we see um a an event. I feel like that's that's pretty that's pretty powerful. This is all like really basic stuff, I know, but yeah. I feel it's like stuff it's that so I find weird. fascinating nonetheless.
0: Yeah, no, it's very like because it's so subtle, but then it really does impact us.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Uh there was sorry, yeah, go go, go, ahead. No, go. go, go. <laughs> oh. Um, I think this was, I think this was maybe first or second year. Um, in one of our units, our, uh, lecturer was, uh, showing us a study that she was doing and she's, she's honestly fabulous. Um, it's Annabelle Wukin and she's, she's just incredible. Um, and she does a lot of, uh, research to do with, um, like politics and the news and she does that kind of uh, analysis and she was she showed us this text that we analyzed together as a class and it was showing the difference between um portrayal of different uh criminals and like different language that was used to describe them and then uh different quote unquote victims uh and it was it was really interesting i, I can't think of a direct example from that now sorry but the way that it, they were described like the words that were used were quite polarizing is is the word that comes to mind it's it's really fascinating how much you can paint an image of paint two completely different images of the exact same event just through your words
0: um yeah that's incredible like the like the other thing uh, like so there's there's also with linguist like language there's also that kind of thing of stories as well and i know you did the creative writing which is of sparked me like and how how stories really impact us like they kind of impact us now i would wonder like just as to what what your take is on on that
1: yeah i mean so for a story to be effective really oh my gosh okay so this this relates pretty well to a unit that i just finished uh it was uh about uh novel and novella writing so Mm -hmm. Basically, we're doing this uh, reading, and the, the reading was uh, the 90-day novel by Alan Watt, I think his name is. And something that he was saying was, uh, in order for a story to be interesting, obviously, the, the stakes need to be high. Now, this is, this is common sense. We already knew this. But uh, what he said that really kind of opened my eyes was that, um, you know, the, it needs to be a matter of life and death for the character, even if it's a very, very minor event. And so it's kind of like raising the stakes like that, building that tension that gets people involved and interested. Uh, and yeah, there needs to be a personal connection between the, the audience and the character, I think. And that's, that's how you, that's how you can get a good story. Um, and the language that you use is definitely a big part of that. Um, yeah, I think I'm a little bit biased. So my favorite stories personally tend to have a lot of code switching in it uh code switching something that i'm really passionate about freaking love code switching uh so yeah
0: what's code switching
1: code switching is when somebody changes the language that they're using in the middle of either a sentence or just a text in general or even in the middle of a word um so yeah this this is pretty common for uh, bilingual and multilingual speakers uh, it's something that used to, and maybe still is, kind of looked down upon because they people see this as a language deficiency in either language, which is why you're resorting to the other language mid-sentence, but it's actually not. Uh, and there's been so much research on this, and hopefully this is something that I hope to add to. But um, yeah, oh my gosh, anyway. Um, yeah, the research that's been done, even though it's been done on a bunch of different languages, has been consistent in showing that there are Specific reasons and patterns behind this code switching, um, and yeah, I'm I'm happy to give uh, a couple reasons. Um, yeah, if I can recall them. Um, but yeah, I'll give you an example of code switching. So, like I said, it could be between sentences. So, for example, if I say um, to like if I'm I'm like a mom or something, and I'm telling my kid like, oh, go do whatever like go wash the dishes habibi that's like i'm changing uh the word at the end of the sentence and so that's that counts as as code switching um yeah you could also do intro word code switching and this is i think something that most people find really funny especially if you're bilingual or multilingual where you'll you'll apply the rules of one language to the other so um yeah like for example, um, if you're saying uh, table, table in Egyptian is tarabezel. It's a bit, it's a bit funny because I feel like it's quite different from the other Arabic dialects. But you can you can pluralize that in English, so you'd say tarabezels instead of you know like the, the Arabic plural for it, which is tarabizat. So that's something that a lot of people love, or chair, or, uh, for example, so kursi kursis. Um, so for example, if that same mom is talking to her kid, she could say, Oh, uh, go put the courses back in their place. For example, that's intra-word code switching. And I find this really fascinating. Um, especially when it's used in creative genres. So not just stories, uh, but also in songs, which is something that I've been getting into a lot. Um, I've been finding this this treasure on Spotify where it's like emerging emerging Arab artists who code switch in their songs so the main uh, instances of code switching I found were Arabic and English obviously but then also there's quite a bit of French too um, and the thing is like these these songs they're quite catchy like some of them are wrapped, which is I find really interesting if you're able to you know adjust the the meter and the rhyme and the rhythm and everything and still get it to work well even though you're braiding in three different languages um so that's that's definitely something that i think is is worth exploring and sharing um code switching yes code switching
0: wow i i guess i i now have a word that describes how i speak with my grandmother or how my yeah. grandmother speaks to be <laughs> my <taita. laughs>
1: yeah there you go
0: yeah that's that's yeah. so strange i it's so funny how that's just something i just take for like oh that's just oh now you've pointed it out yeah. um well I guess that's that's another thing is that giving a name to something almost gives it awareness or makes it real sometimes and I think I don't know there's a whole interesting point about how some words emerge at different points in history and then like different phenomena happen because of those words emerging could could you speak to like what, what, what's that's going on that's exactly with that? right
1: yeah um so, I mean, you pretty much covered that, but um you actually, just by saying that you reminded me of uh in sociology in year 11, I think we looked at uh education and quite similar to what you were saying, uh there was a study, I can't remember who it was by, but apparently if a teacher can't pronounce the name of one of the students, the teacher is going to call less on that student. And then that student will perform worse relative to the rest of the students because they're getting less attention. Yeah that kind of relates to the whole thing where it's like you know if you don't have a name for something it's less relevant you kind of tend to overlook it completely mm. um so there's that and i guess um tying that into culture a little bit you know like in arabic we have this notion of i don't know if you know the word but we have this notion of Aib, like Ayim. yeah i like oh there's no direct translation for this i guess it could translate to um law like quite literally but it's used in the sense of something that is shameful, you know, something that is uh, a misbehavior. I was like, no, 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 don't do that. That's I, I don't like, don't do that in, in public or wherever. Like, sure. I,
0: I think in Lebanese we have Ava Shur. I don't know. Oh, so, like, I don't know what that hill, is. Hillbilly, hillbilly Lebanese we have Ava Shur. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I think that's the I,
0: I know what you're talking about, though. That's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> was it, yeah. was, yours, was yours like a, a slightly comedic is it slightly comedic like a little kid like running around like
1: yeah yeah so it works like that so yeah it's it's just a word that you grow up with so when you're younger it's like I hey, like which translates to like oh that's shameful don't do that like uncle over there is going to be upset with you uh, and then as you get older you kind of that is ingrained into you and you're like, oh, actually I, I can't say XYZ, I can't wear XYZ, I can't do XYZ because that's I, I am. Hate- yeah. Wow. Uh, and so that's a concept that we don't really have in English. Mm. Um, and I guess that could I dunno, because our cultures come off as a little more conservative than English mm. cultures. And I definitely think that um, language has something to do with that. And that word, I I feel like that's just that's such a that's such a big one. Um yeah.
0: So deep. That is incredible. Cause there's um yeah. there's that there's a whole kind of thing I was listening to, like even the word rejection. Yeah. It, it by by even entertaining the word or failure, but the word failure, by even entertaining the reality of the word. Uh-huh. It, it 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 actually just brings something into your being, doesn't it?
1: That's absolutely right. Um and it's interesting how we apply that concept in daily life, like um, yeah I used to I used to go to uh, therapy a couple months back I'm done now I graduated and I'm actually fixed <laughs> I'm <not laughs> Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Um. but my sometimes I would say oh blah blah this happened and I think that's really unhealthy um, and my therapist was like okay well maybe it's not good to label things as unhealthy Let's use the term unhelpful instead. And, you know, at the time, I love my therapist. Like, we had such a good relationship. I kind of laughed in his face a little bit. Uh, and so we, we used it a little bit as a joke for when something was actually unhealthy. But I followed that rule. And I was like, yeah, um, so-and-so did this, this, this. And I think that was an unhelpful way to respond. But I did X, Y, Z, I didn't turn. Um, and I noticed that as I said that, even though I didn't take it seriously at first, um, it actually really impacted the way that um, I perceived things and the way that I responded because it's just such a, it's a much more balanced word, I feel. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole thing with uh, It's
0: That's crazy because like unhealthy, it's just like, it, it feels like it's a me thing. Yeah. Unhelpful. It kind of pulls back from the self a little bit and it creates that space to breathe. I love that. Yeah, labeling exactly. theory. Yeah, was this? What was that one? Like
1: theory. String theory. Labeling theory.
0: Labeling theory. Yes, and like that classic uh, diffusion of thoughts. Hey.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Wow. Well, then th- that that's an interesting thing because even having a name, mm. it gives reality to a self, and I, I I don't know. Like there's there's that kind of um there's that whole Buddhist aspect of, of no-self and there's yeah. um, other religious, like Christian and Catholic aspects of of selflessness and, like, mm. how to be selfless. And it's just, it's interesting because the very first thing that, you know, we're given is a piece of language. And that is, you know, I, I don't know, I find that a beautiful thing. It's kind of like it's a creation, isn't it? Cause it I really have, is. Yeah, I was just going to say one last thing about it, is that I heard that people called dentists are much more likely to be dentists or, or dentists are proportionally more called dentists. So
1: oh, that's something... interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. What were you going to say?
1: Oh, no, I was just agreeing.
0: <laughs> I was no, just like no. vehemently agreeing.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. Um, it's,
0: it's, it's crazy how we're given a name or we have a given identity or a language. Then that becomes like what's real and then what's real kind of dictates our behaviors and how we interact with the world and it's just like it's a beautiful kind of thing
1: yeah that's exactly right but i think it could also be a very dangerous thing um mm-hmm. so let I'm 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 debating whether or not i should talk about this but i'll just i'll go for it um i i grew up in kuwait uh and I'm not sure uh, how many people be familiar with this, but basically in the Middle East, so in like Kuwait, I think the UAE as well, maybe they're changing up Bahrain, like those kinds of countries, you can't really migrate. Like you can't become Kuwaiti. Like you're either born or you marry into a family or something, but you can't really get Kuwaiti citizenship. Um, and so when you're over there, you're there for work, and then when you finish your work you kind of go back to your home country uh, or you move on to a different one and so every everybody there is an expat right um but that's fine like there's nothing wrong with that but it's funny because that kind of turned into a label and so it's it's interesting because the demographic over there is very divided where it's like oh locals versus expats and so they'd They'd call them that in Arabic as well, like in the news or whatever. It's, it was just waifid or waifidin, which means expats. Mm -hmm. Um, and it would get used so much. And the, like, again, there's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but it's just over time. I feel like depending on the context, some people would use that, uh, in a kind of negative way, like as a, as a, almost a reminder of, Oh, well, you know, doesn't really matter this place isn't really (laughs) yours which of course it's it's not but it it would kind of be like yeah well you're just here for a job and then you can leave um i'm trying to be as (laughs) balanced and uh (laughs) yeah
0: that's fascinating it's um it's that classic case of um when you create another like when you give a name to another open identity another it a, a division between yeah I think that's fascinating that's so and you know the slippery thing about language is that unless you reflect on it or you really thought about it or you're willing to think about it yeah. it will just all seem like that's just reality
1: that's absolutely right um yeah it's just interesting how you know like a, a normal everyday word could be turned into something that has a kind of negative connotation almost like a slur. um yeah, Another one that comes to mind, and this one I find a little bit uh, funny, is, so this one's like specific to Egyptians, which for those of you, um, you who don't know, this <laughs> is so like, weird. Sorry, I don't go on a lot of podcasts, but for the invisible listeners, um, I am Egyptian. And yeah, so in, in Egypt, um, there's a respectful way of saying you, kind of like, you know, with French you have two, the informal, one, and then vous, which is a formal you. Uh so in in egypt we have the same which we don't have in other dialects of arabic so normal you is just inta or inti <inaudible> um yeah <laughs> um but then in egyptian we've got the respectful one which is hadretok or hadretik um and this is yeah so this is something that only egyptians use and so um in mixed arab contexts uh if if you want to kind of like poke fun at uh egypt or adam egyptian you know this you could be like good intentioned or a little more malicious with it that's that's up to the speaker but you could say oh which is which translates to "Oh, like the people who say to refer to yeah it became a noun almost
0: (laughs) the people who say like the people who say it (laughs) respectfully or formally yeah yeah
1: (laughs) no the people who say it just in general because nobody else says that it's like an egypt specific word so if you want to talk about egyptians oh the people who say how they're like
0: oh i've definitely slaughtered that but yeah oh no that's
1: perfect yeah that's interesting as well so it's something that you can say can actually become your whole
0: title that's crazy i think as think about it as well like you know, I've been thinking about like companies organizations they have government structures what are they just words they're they're written words that are agreed upon our law system are words our you know our constitution or whatever they're all words and it's just like um sometime like it's like everything it, it's just words and then words govern like it, it's us who give the words power and create and the words kind of create it and I think it's fascinating, like even in our mind, our mind, our beliefs who we are are just language it's it's a it's a spoken word and I think like in the in the Bible, it talks about I think in like a gospel or what I mean Matthew, one of the gospels it said like in the beginning there was the word and the word was
1: yeah gonna, John, that's right yeah, that's right John yeah, yeah that's right.
0: right, and it starts yeah. off with that like the and God spoke like sorry I've, I've that's exactly that. right.
1: No, yeah. no 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 that's, yeah. that's 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 such a good point yeah
0: and it's just this this powerful thing about words and i think like christ and a lot of you know other teachers use yeah. parables and and words and it's just like it's an incredible thing that we have this gift of language you know
1: absolutely um i'm actually so thrilled that you you brought that passage up because it's it definitely speaks to that point but also It just shows, like you said, the the power of language and the importance of language because um, this is is John 1. So in John 1, uh, as you said, like in the beginning was the word. So the word here actually refers to Jesus, um, as you probably already know. But, yeah, that just shows like when the – so the Bible likens Jesus to a lot of things, right? So we have like um, the Lamb, the Prince of Peace, like a a whole bunch of things. But one of the things that um, the Bible likens Jesus to is – the word like you said or the living word as well Mm. yeah exactly so that's that's really interesting um just yeah words words are so sacred um it's also interesting that you know in genesis the the story of creation god brought about all of all of being with the word you know god said let there be light and there was light like he spoke things into creation you know Mm. so that's that's one thing i guess um but then when he made people he actually shaped them so that's that's really sweet as well so it's like you know he can speak everything to creation because he's so powerful but with us he loves us so much we want to like very intimately create you know every little every little piece wow
0: um, that's yeah. beautiful and I think the shaping the touch is such a more intimate thing it's like a, it's a kind of love it's connection it's yeah and then words you know like that's beautiful actually wow it's
1: like he's got those fingerprints <laughs> on it so okay
0: wow that's so cool that is so cool i mean that's that's just beautiful and i think there's that whole thing of don't use um god's name in vain okay? yes and think it's, about like, it's... it's a powerful incant, like it's a powerful word it's a powerful spoken thing you know exactly Names, names names yeah words language
1: yes absolutely um i think in the in the biblical context uh, obviously god's name is given so much more power and i think okay so right so god's god's name in the bible quote unquote is yahweh mm. um which comes up a lot but apparently that that name is, is so sacred that um i think that's that's the one that the uh ten commandments in exodus I believe. Not sure it was referring to. Um, and okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into a whole thing now because uh so I recently I'm only on episode like three or four, okay, out of like I don't know how many, but there's a lot. Um so Jordan Peterson is doing an um a biblical series on Exodus with a whole bunch of experts and things like that. Look, I know he's a bit of a controversial figure, but I I really like a lot of things that he says. Okay, so, and his Exodus series is gorgeous. I literally, it's not sponsored by Daily Wire, but I literally literally (laughs) subscribed this morning. (laughs) 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 Like, on my way to the bus. (laughs) Oh,
0: Carol. (laughs) I forgot what we were saying. We might as well get a discount code going. Let's get, (laughs) if you put in Carol10, you get 10% off.
1: Right, check it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly 10 for the 10 commandments <laughs> too
2: so yeah
1: so um yeah god i forgot what i was saying oh right don't use the lord's name of vain um it's funny how i remembered when i used the lord's name of vain just now but um yeah <laughs> i think um i think that was that was one of the things that they um spoke about i think it was in episode two uh yeah it's just it's so interesting um another thing that they commented on which also speaks to the power of language and how much can get diluted when we don't look at the main translation which is why i'm looking at it more now is the word for sin um so apparently the word for sin in the original hebrew is something along the lines of like I'm i'm not sure how to pronounce it i don't speak hebrew a little <laughs> biblical hebrew but um <laughs> apparently uh to, to to sin like to khata, or however you pronounce it uh doesn't mean to do something wrong it just means to miss the mark mm-hmm. so it's like it's it's often likened to and i think the the there's a youtube channel called the bible project they also have like an app and like a part they have a whole bunch they're so good such amazing resource. but the bible project did a video on um this word for sin because they look at the original translations as well um and they likened it to um like an archer just literally missing the bull's eye so if you still shoot your arrow and it uh, gets on one of the outer circles you know like you you still did pretty well right at least you got the thing but it's not, it's not right in the middle. It's not in the bull's eye. So that's chata. Oh, okay. You missed the main mark. Like and so that would be counted as sin as well. Um, mm. and that just, that just is so profound, I think, because, you know, it just, it ties in so closely with, um, the, what the New Testament says about how we're meant to be like Jesus himself. You know, we're not just meant to be kind and nice and cheerful and, you know try to not kill people and you know try to not use the lord's name in vain and like try not to steal from folks and then you'll be great like no that's not what we were called to do actually we were called to do something a lot more radical which is to be just like christ which is such a high standard which is why to miss that mark is khata um but then you know that that makes what christ did you know all the more powerful because you know we're we're basically drowning in this stuff because we're always gonna we're well, not always but a lot of the time we're gonna miss the main mark mm. um but jesus kind of ended all of that so <laughs> yeah that's my little religious rant over
0: that's beautiful i love that that is just beautiful i mean like you know can't get can't get better than that it's um you know i find that like I, honestly like gospels need to be like the bible and like i found my own faith like in my own catholic faith has been something that i've had to unpack and invest in and invest in but the deeper i've gone the more beautiful it's become and it's just like um i'm excited to be on that journey of yeah there and kind of you know it's it's really cool i mean yeah yeah well that's that's cool i like that
1: (laughs) That's a beautiful image that you've you've drawn us there. Um another I, I hear a lot of people describing it as like an ocean, um, where you know if you if you dip your feet in, you feel like well, I don't know, I lost it now. <laughs> but basically, you know, the 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 deeper in you get, like the, the closer the more you walk in, kind of the deeper it gets and the more you're surrounded by it and you realize just how vast it is um in in a good way like mm. it's it's not there to overwhelm and drown you it's there to kind of lift you up and and carry you and you realize just how vast and endless god's love is and how you know there there will always be more to discover but it's like when you're there in the middle of that beautiful ocean of of god's love you know the more it's going to cleanse you and and uplift you and just all the good things. <laughs> Insert a lot of nice words.
0: <laughs> I love that. All the good things. Actually, yeah. So Fair writing
1: trademarks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All the good things. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, like, I feel every time, like, it, there's this whole kind of thing of in philosophy of um, hermeneutics or hermene- hermeneutics. Or I'm definitely not pronouncing it right. Oh. It's basically the field of, of how we interpret things, how we understand things. And basically the way that I was explained it is like you, you're twisting, you're twisting a dial to infinite understanding or something. And yes. Basically every time you read it, every time you com- you contemplate it, you are transformed in a way. You come back different and you read the same thing again and you see it completely different and you see it deeper. And it's just, I think that's the most exciting thing about life is that you can go deeper with it. You can go deeper. And I think the deeper you get, the richer it gets. It's like a, you have to to draw it out in in thinking and and in contemplation and prayer and whatever which way you go about it. You've got to go deep, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. Thank you for the new word.
0: <laughs> nah, hermenetics, hermenetics, hermenetics. Hermene- hermene- I don't know. Look like, yeah. You just ask, <laughs> ask him. you know, honestly, ask Shahan or someone like, or just Google it or something. Like, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, no, I just did it again. Anyway. No. <laughs>
0: that's all it's true.
1: Yeah. Um, it, there's, um. There's an analogy because you, you uh, mentioned the notion of, you know, the more you put into it, the more it transforms you. Mm. That kind of reminds me of something I was um, speaking about with a friend today, the, the meeting I had before this, actually. Mm. Um, so I was I was talking to this friend and she was telling me about, um, you know, a, a situation that she was in that seemed like it just kind of wasn't changing and it wasn't, you know, the best situation. Uh, and then we were talking about how sometimes uh, we are faced with these tough situations and sometimes the situations aren't going to change. But what will change is actually us, the more we try. And so uh, when I was when I was a kid and I was faced with similar things, uh, my mom would say, well, you know what? It's kind of like pushing a wall, you know, you, you can push the wall endlessly. Um, and then obviously the wall's not going to change. The wall's not going to move. It's not going to go anywhere. But what will change is you because you've been um kind of building that muscle you've been exercising every day more or less this isn't so obviously i'm not a fitness trainer (laughs) (laughs) so if you injure yourself don't come for me (laughs) Ah. but like you get the idea some things um are there to kind of transform us Mm. uh and yeah two different contexts same kind of notion um, and it was just something that was really encouraging for me, um, for her as well, I hope. But, yeah.
0: That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. And I am, um, you know, there's an even more radical, like, kind of take on it that it's always us. And that, like, in a relationship, mm-hmm. it's, there's not actually two people, there's actually four people. Um, You, the other person. Yeah. And, and the thoughts of of each other in it yeah you could, yeah you could even go six people because the thought of you in that relationship and the, their thought of um themselves in that so you know like the cool thing is is that you can Im- you can improve your relationships by looking within yourself to, to how you create that person in your mind and it's like um i think that's exciting because it's like oh all the responsibility is on you 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 have the power to kind of shift anything. You can see it a new way. Also, like sometimes it can be used like too aggressively. Like no, sometimes you actually got to go out in the world and you know, like you know, like sometimes it's not a wall; it's a door. You just got to open and go through. You know,
1: (laughs) that's uh, yeah. I really like that. Yeah, um the way that you turned the wall into a door. I thought that was so creative. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Wow yeah well actually i'll i'll do you one better maybe there's eight people in the relationship because (laughs) (laughs) because what if there's you right there's the other person um and then there's the the two people that you think the other is Mm. uh and then the the people that so obviously who you think you are in that relationship Mm. and then also the the new pair is this is the 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 latest um (laughs) <laughs> the latest iOS drop.
2: Um <laughs>
1: the person that you think they think you are.
0: Oh <laughs> it's
1: just like
0: complicated. You're dropping that sociology bomb on me, aren't you? <laughs> oh, well, I love goodness. that sociology. I love that. Oh I love no. that.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, um yeah. I know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. But I I, I do like um uh, what you said about you know being responsible for or what happens you know except for when it's a door rather than a wall um a book that i've just been recommending left right and center um even though i haven't finished it myself <laughs> it's been lots of busy but yeah it's it's a book that i always keep coming back to um the art of loving by eric From. Mm. um it's so good it's just so good and i feel like so I read at least the first half of it, and I will read the second half, promise. But the first half is just so good and so transformative. So um, he looks at love from the biblical lens. Um, but, yeah, so, okay, it's a little bit of a digression, if that's all right. Apparently, he lists three types. So there's uh, brotherly love, there's uh, motherly love, and then there's uh, erotic love, or love in a relationship. Um, like a romantic one and so brotherly love apparently as i understand it is what christ kind of called us to do which is to love everybody you know like love your neighbors or yourself, so, that kind of that kind of vibe um and he's saying that you know all the types of love are rooted in this because this is kind of so brotherly love doesn't count on other people so it's not about their attributes or what makes them good or you know how they have fewer flaws than everybody else and that makes them easier to be around it's actually about your own ability to to love this other person mm-hmm. um and if we look at uh the, the biblical definition of love right first corinthians 13 of love is patient love is kind so on and so forth <laughs> it's, like, it's a whole list of things um but you can see clearly there that uh love is actually an action uh and it's a choice and I just, I find that really interesting. Um, So that's just in response to what you were saying. This isn't really linguistics strictly, but I think This
0: is cool because it's like a, it puts love as a, as a practice. And I think it's that classic case of, of the golden rule. And this is kind of my theory of the golden rule. And and you'll see it's in all religious and philosophical things. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, it's everywhere. Like, you know, treat your neighbor. As you would love to be treated, like yes, yes, that's right. I love (laughs) you. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, but it's um, it's kind of so powerful because there's there's that whole sense of have you like there's that literature of oneness and non-duality that there is, there is no separation, and like if it's true that you know we're all one or we're all connected, then the loving of another is a loving of yourself of yourself and also a loving of of the divine of something greater. i think the first part of you know when christ delivers you know his his greatest commandment love your your love
1: the lord your god yeah
0: Yeah. mind and like i don't know i'm sorry you you do you know the quote uh it's
1: something (laughs) something like
0: that that one that one yeah with
1: all your uh heart with all your soul your strength. Yeah, there's something kind of wrong with science.
0: Yeah, the last one is like you know, kind of. Yes. And it's just it, it's cool because, like, no matter which way you direct your practice of love, it always permeates everywhere.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Um, and that's why, uh, Jesus says, at some point, um, you know, if if you, if you claim to love God, but then you don't love people around you, then you actually don't love God at all. Um, something along those lines, and I think that's really powerful, but then also, like you were saying, this is in um, first Corinthians 13, it's the first couple verses because the love is patient, love is kind of that starts at verse four. So, a bit before that, uh, so it's just turning into Bible study <laughs> Yeah, I no, no, I <laughs> <It's great. laughs> I'm
0: enjoying it
1: <laughs> here. Um, this is something along the lines of, you know, if I have uh, all of these gifts and all of these powers, and I could do everything in the world, but I don't have love, I actually have nothing, and then he goes on to say. I've become uh, a noisy, I'm scared to say the wrong word, because it's like, <laughs> it's
2: like I, I remember these a lines. noisy,
1: like a, a noisy something or a clanging cymbal. Um, I, I don't want to say a noisy bong, because that's the drug, isn't it? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, I just... no. <laughs> it's <laughs> something else completely noisy bong. I'm forgetting the <laughs> word.
0: Oh, Carol. <laughs> No, I oh know. I know which one you're talking about. It's, yeah, it's like if I have, even if I have wisdom, but I don't have love, it's just yeah. Something I don't know. I feel like we're both just. I'm fabricating. I'm fabricating real hard right now. I've been fabricating this the whole time. <laughs>
1: no, you're doing great. Mm. Um, yeah. You mentioned the golden rule though. Mm. Um, and that's really amazing because uh, the other day it was in one of my again Bible studies. This is in in, in a devotion. <laughs> It says that um, apparently before the golden rule, there was a silver rule, which Mm. this is us coming back to linguistics now. It's it's basically the golden rule, but in the negative. So the silver rule was apparently, according to this guy on that one app, um, don't do unto others what you would not want someone to do unto you. Mm. And then the golden rule apparently was like the stepping up of that of do to others as you would have.
0: Oh, the silver rule is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, but golden is better because that yeah, means golden, you're actually going out of your way to to do this stuff.
0: Golden Rule is great, but you know, I, I, I think I gotta I'd like to master Silver Rule as well as, you know, because I feel
1: well important.
0: Cause sometimes it, it's like um, you know, if you're at least doing silver rule, I think you're doing pretty well.
1: Yes. Yes. But then I agree. I,
0: but then like I feel I feel like if you were doing silver rule, you wouldn't help but probably start doing golden rule anyway really yeah because i feel if you weren't doing onto others like the the negative like or just like like if you just stop judging because you didn't want to be judged Mm -hmm. and you just kind of like i feel like that that level of, of neutrality and even just you know sometimes neutrality and just observation is a beautiful thing curiosity
1: i think so I think so.
0: I, I believe it leads to love.
1: Yes, I believe it's the first step. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I do I do believe that the golden rule is the is the step after that. Um, because it's like, so for example, the silver would be like, oh, don't steal, for example, from your friend because you wouldn't like it if your friend stole stuff from you, or don't kill their parents because then. You know, you'd be pretty upset if they killed yours. Like (laughs) something like don't do horrible things. (laughs) Um, But I feel like not doing horrible things doesn't automatically make you someone who does good. It just makes you someone who's not atrocious. Um, (laughs) It's like to put it to put it gently. So I think the the golden was like actually no, do to like go out of your way to go and do good things to this person and this this ties into the whole idea of of missing the mark and khata right so silver rule i feel like would be hitting the outside ring Mm. whereas golden rule is actually bullseye. Hang on. yes
0: yeah that's that's true
1: yeah i I don't know it's just a thought (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah it's
0: it's good i like it i i think I, I love that. And I, I, I think as well, like um it comes into another thing that kind of has fascinated me before. It's like Jungian projection. Yes. It's like we we project onto others what, what is somehow holds a reality within ourselves of some, some way. And I yeah. think it's it's a beautiful way and a beautiful thing that we know each other and know ourselves through our relationships and how how much relationships are just so important and integral you know 100 yeah 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 um, and relationships can extend it anywhere. it's like friends family loved ones society our god christ you know our our bodies our our environment you know our earth it's um it's a fascinating relationships
1: yeah it's almost like defining things through the the negative space now this is like this is a a premature thought so if it's it's, it's, for lack of a better word (laughs) we can just kind of get it (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah uh, it's kind of like you know i know who i am because i know i'm not so and so or so and so or so and so and that's how i know that i'm me and Mm. not like and not you, essentially, um or a not God and not a tree um, well,
0: well sat calls that negation, like yes there, go yeah, and in fact he he calls all of reality a everything that we we like everything we experience is a negation because it's infinite possibility, and we negate all other things into this one thing,
1: yeah. I feel like if we understood that at a younger age, maybe we'd spend less time in our teen years, like hating ourselves so much and struggling so much to find an identity because we'd realize just how unique we were, you know, but it's not something that you realize until you hit like uni age-ish slash early 20s. Mm. And that's just such a shame.
0: Yeah. I feel, I don't know about you, but I felt like I've had to un-high school myself yep (laughs) i feel like that's an extra learning curve we've added to you know life you know
1: yeah that's that's i think a core part of well i don't want to say the uni experience because that excludes people who chose other options right but i I, yeah i i do agree i think it's it's a core part of um growing up it's yeah yeah so my my mind went to to after school care.
0: <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> really oh, see see that's that's collocations and action. That's words that normally go together.
0: Collocations. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds loud. Sounds loud.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Well then, that's kind of cool because I feel like um, and that, along that vein, I think you know I think everybody disses schooling. And I think schooling was pretty cool. Like I'm glad I have an education, and I think there is a lot of voices saying that reform, and I I agree with the reform. So on the side of the reform things, I guess you know, like we both and I've talked about it with other people before. We've we've had to kind of un high school ourselves, unschool ourselves. And it seems like there's a disconnect with how life is and how school prepares us and molds us and conditions us. And so like, in what ways do you feel like you've had to unschool yourself?
1: Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's a bit of a, I don't know.
0: It's kind of like a, it's interesting. It's a deep one. I feel.
1: Yeah. A lot of things. I think a whole, a whole lot of things. So, Personally, the school that I went to, and also my home environment a little bit, I'm not going to lie to you, was it was quite a strict environment, um, and so it just kind of, it was a little bit nerve-wracking, because I was such an obnoxious <laughs> perfectionist, because I was like, it's not just that I had to meet all the rules and do them well, but it was like, actually, no, screw that, I'm going to exceed. Um, and I somehow managed to, but then that wasn't enough because once you've exceeded, you want to continue exceeding. And that just nothing wears down your mental health faster than trying to consistently be at a level that nobody's meant to be at, whether that's academically or just, I can't say socially because I was a little bit, okay, I was, I was incredibly uh rather, like introverted <laughs> didn't really uh, talk to yeah. very many people I was very shy um but yeah just just in all ways I think um yeah that that wasn't that wasn't good so I had to unlearn um, that um I think especially academically and because you know when you when you're in high school okay maybe I shouldn't speak for everyone but when I was in high school you know um my education was everything that was like the one responsibility like you had one job like you have one job don't screw it up um and so you know it 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 kind of was my everything and so I, I obviously worked um worked hard and was really invested in it and yeah and so I, I got again not not to brag not to flex not whatever but I, I my grades are really really good um and so for me that was Kind of everything, and so I thought that, oh, this is this is how it's meant to be, obviously. And then I I moved here, and obviously I was on my own. And especially, I think October of last year I moved out. So I used to live with my with with family, um, and now I've moved out my own. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and I picked up um, like a bunch of jobs and things which I hadn't done before because uh, of just how things were set up Kuwait, and blah blah blah. blah. Um, we can go into it if you want, but I feel like it's not super relevant. But yeah, and so when I started working I started living on my own, I realized that actually there is so much more to life than just, you know, submitting your assignment and getting X percentage on it or above this mark or whatever. And it just it has made me such uh I feel like it made me a much more well rounded person. And that was that was one major aspect that I had to on high school myself in. Another one was like I said before, just being really shy and not kind of initiating conversations with people that I wanted to initiate conversations with. Um I don't just mean this like in the in the social sense or if like there's someone that I thought was pretty cool, I wanted to be friends with them. Um I'm I'm not afraid to initiate that now. Um but more importantly um, and I, I credit this to, uh, my creative, uh, writing lecture, one of the main ones, Michelle. She's, she's just, I, I love her so much. She's, in, she's incredible in all the ways, unironically, and then some more. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she was really, so in her units, you know how some units prepare you for the assignment and just doing well academically? Hers did that, but she was also really concerned with teaching us how to go above and beyond in the outside world after we graduate um and so she put a lot of emphasis on um you know connecting with the people around you whether they were students or uh, university staff like go up to people tell them that your that their work inspires you um have a coffee with them hear their story share yours um just ask questions like don't don't just sit there like a socially anxious potato and and wither when you have all of these opportunities so she put she put a lot of i'm not saying that people who don't initiate are like that i'm saying that i personally was like that um i've had to unhigh school myself in that way and i'm really glad that i did because that opened up a whole bunch of things in a whole bunch of different um aspects and, and areas of of life that i'm happy to tell you about later wow Oh yeah. What about you? What are some areas that you had to unhigh school yourself?
0: Yeah, like for me, I was, I was kind of um, I was lazy with my studies. Very, I was like smart, and I'd get by just by my intelligence. Still, did pretty well, and I still put in like some some solid effort near the end. There, got myself some good marks. But um, what I was really kind of talented for was like leadership school captain i i love talking to people i was always out and about um but the expectation and the social pressure and like it just it was a lot and in fact the pressure and expectations i put on myself in that way were was quite high and unrealistic and just kind of ridiculous and i kind of burnt myself out hard like after high school and slowly I've come back to myself, like, more rested, more relaxed. And I've fi- I've had to find a way to be inner-directed, look within myself and, and be with myself as opposed to looking out and, and seeing what's going on out there and, like, directing myself based on what's down there. And also just, like, um, imperfection, just really embracing imperfection and just doing a, a bare minimum job, <laughs> you know, which is – something I I never really was wonderful. I'd always like, yeah, it's got to be perfect, you know, like. um, But I'm more of a bare minimum. I'm more of a, that's why, you know, like, I feel like, give me my standard as the silver rule. I'll do the silver rule. And if I don't have the pressure, I'll do the golden rule just because I I want to, not because I'm I'm told to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that, I, I think, that's not, that I realize now as well, that perspective doesn't work for everyone. But for me, it it clicks for me, and so I've I've had to unschool myself in that way, and also unschool myself from doing things for an end and doing things more for a mean, you know. Like yes. As a as an end in itself, sort of thing, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what do you what do you mean by that? Like, yeah. what kind of things? If you don't mind me asking.
0: Yeah, well, it's like, like in like high school, it's like, oh, there's results, there's awards, there's grades, there's different things. There's like you, you get a feedback and a, a tick. If you do something, you get that instant feedback and you kind of get addicted to that instant feedback and the impact and the things that you can do. And it's just like, oh, I'm doing this as a means to an end. So I'm doing this so I can get that. I'm doing this so I can get that. I'm doing this so I can get that. But then like when you're stripped down to exhaustion, it's yes. like, you, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know what? What what would I do regardless? And, and and not only that, what would I do if it was really, really slow? What would I do anyway? And just like the merit of slowing down, kind of looking within, like listening, praying, meditating, just slowing down and getting really clear inside and that's kind of that's been my kind of journey just slowing down and getting really clear and um yeah it's funny as well how you think things like are wasted and like oh why to do, do this that but then in retrospect over time the pieces of the puzzle came together and it's all perfect you know so I don't know as you were mentioning at the very start you know yeah
1: yeah that's that's beautiful um yeah the puzzle piece thing definitely resonates yeah i call it god's plan (laughs) So, yeah (laughs) Yeah. sorry it's a bit of drake oh yeah absolutely yeah so you you change the golden rule to golden suggestion maybe
0: like i i think for me it's like You know, I, I, if I'm, I like to exceed expectations. Right. I think that's me. So for myself, I keep my expectations really low, if not non-existent. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? I think that's just like, because if I'm expected to do it, I'm like, well, I don't want to, like, you know. So I guess, I don't know, that's just, I guess that's how, yeah, I'm, I'm reflecting on it randomly now, but yeah, I guess that's how I work, you know. yeah. And I don't know about you, but it's just like I'll scurry and, and use and patch you any idea, any way of being to get me out of my mind, get me into the world and get me doing healthy things, you know, and kind of, you know, anything to, to get, get yourself going on on what you're being called to do, you know, anything.
1: Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I'm um, just reflecting
0: on that. I feel like that's yeah. Yeah. Well, my my another question. Yeah, go for what, it. What what have you seen on love?
1: Um, what do you mean? <laughs> I feel like that's I, a loaded question.
0: A loaded question, like I've seen, like what are you? What's your understanding of it? Like, what's what's the nature of love? Like, what is what have you understood in your time and like just insight and realization
1: um is there a specific kind of thought that you're talking about
0: yeah i'd go i'd go like kind of like um like a, a kind of eric from eric like kind of like deeper kind of you know that sort of okay love.
1: yeah no i mean like is there a specific like like do you mean like just in eric from terms <laughs> like
0: brotherly love motherly
1: love romantic love or just kind of a, a general overview
0: I'll get general, I'll get general.
1: okay um i think that it's divine and and radical um and i feel like when it's it's done properly there is nothing that can be stronger or more beautiful than it um but I guess that, that takes up a lot of wisdom and strength and also courage. Um, you know, yeah. So there's, there's that. I think from experience as well, I've, I've come to understand that it's not something that you can let someone decide for you. Um, or force upon you. It's not something that you can kind of, be persuaded into like if, if you want to do something you're gonna you're gonna get up and do it um so if you're feeling i don't know i feel like this could open up so many different kinds of worms
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> lots of worms um yeah i mean love and, and worms would you would you still love her if she were a worm <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> yeah Everybody. no it's <laughs> yeah no i just honestly at the moment i'm trying to work on loving like jesus so being consistently kind and patient with people um because that's that's i I've, I've, i find that um and i feel that it, it doesn't so much depend on the people it more depends on my own energy levels and maybe that's my own fault for constantly burning myself out um and then burning myself out some more obviously <laughs> like that's, that's the only, that's, that's the only correct thing to do right no I feel I feel like um yeah I don't know it's constantly taking a deep breath and regrounding uh, and reminding yourself that you know this this person deserves patience and and kindness and gentleness regardless and the thing is i feel the most helpful thing for me has been knowing that it's okay to struggle um with being kind and and patient and because the thing is like if i'm if i'm feeling like i'm going to get impatient with someone i rarely to never take it out on the other person i'll just kind of act wisely in the or not not wisely but i'll i feel like that's i don't, I don't want to flatter myself like that but i'll just I'll, I'll behave in a way that is acceptable in the situation and then i'll go home and just be so drained and and angry and that's that's not who i want to be um but in those moments i find uh i can't remember what the oh james one i have it written i have a little notes with scriptures written on my wall just as reminders but uh James 1 it says you know if if any James 1 5 if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him so I, I I take that I take that verse and I replace wisdom with love I replace that with patience I replace it with kindness and that's something that I've been doing recently
0: but could you repeat so, that could you repeat the the um
1: sure um James 1 5 um if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Um, mm. So it's like if if I go to God, right, and I tell Him, God, I am really struggling to, to Lord, give me strength. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm really struggling to to love this person. I'm really struggling to be accepting and and kind and calm. And I I I want to, I want to love like you. I want to give generously, not because I feel that I should, but because I actually want to. Can you help me feel that viscerally, please? Mm. Um, he, he will give it. And it's not just that he will give it, but he'll give you the opportunity to act in that way. And then the choice to behave in that way or not is up to you. Um, yeah. But then that's, that's the thing, right? It's, it's like when, when I'm struggling, um with with that um and i'm I'm asking god the the second second part of that verse um i'll just read that if that's okay so uh james 1 6 but let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind Uh for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the lord for he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways So it's like, when you go and ask, you need to ask with complete faith and you need to trust that God will provide you with what you need. Because if you don't, then that kind of defeats the whole point of praying altogether. But I think for me, the biggest comfort is when you go to God and go and ask him for love or wisdom or whatever it is that you want. Um, It says over here, God gives generously to all without reproach. You know, the only thing that we're, like quote unquote scolded for is doubting that God will provide, you know, but he he doesn't he's not gonna judge you for not being loving. Like he knows you're not loving. <laughs> like he, <laughs> he knows. Yeah. He knows you get impatient with people, you know, he knows that you get fed up and sick of sick of their crap. Um and that's fine, you know. Um he's he's not going to see he gives generously without reproach. That without reproach is everything. Hmm me um so yeah there's there's a lot of comfort knowing that i can just kind of go and be like hey it's me again like can you (laughs) can you sort me out pretty please um and he will so long as you do it with this um yeah so so there was that i think another thing that's really important is just
0: yeah sorry yeah go for that little bit is that yes I think it's so powerful that we can just ask for it. We can just ask for it. But I think sometimes I forget. I think we all kind of forget. And yeah. Then like, that's why it's so good to keep that as a habit to, oh, wait, I can ask for that, to bring it into everything. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, that's, that's, that's great. Uh, it's funny because, oh, my goodness, I was reading this morning about asking it will be given to you. Seek and mm-hmm. you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Um, mm. uh, you know, for whoever who asks will receive, whoever seeks will find. Whoever knocks, the door will be opened. The the bit I can't remember if it was before or after that Jesus was saying the thing about you know if 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 your son asks you for uh like an egg, like for food, would you give him a tripod like,
2: or something? Like, exactly, that's yeah, like, exactly so right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, and they will um, even saying like I remember it was I love it. I think that's hilarious as well. Um, they were even saying that even like an evil man would give to his son. How much more would your father for those who ask? And I think that's exactly. just beautiful. But I think the problem is, is that we don't we don't ask. You know, we don't ask daringly.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's something that we we have to learn though, and I think it comes with time because. Um, See, one thing that I, I had to learn the hard way is that our relationship with God is not too different from our relationships with each other. Um, and so I used to be before, before therapy, before I got fixed, I used to be quite avoidant. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd just be really wouldn't. I just, I, if I didn't want to have a certain conversation, I just will not have it because I will avoid the person and I didn't want to get vulnerable and I just didn't want to do any of the things that you're meant to do in any helpful <laughs> healthy relationship, right? Um, and I noticed that this was something that I was dragging into my spiritual life as well. Like, if I'd screwed up in a way that I deemed significant, right, if I acted in a way that I feel didn't Glorify God and just went against what I know I should be doing. I will just kind of walk away and just be like, <laughs> "Everything is fine," when obviously it is not. Um So this, hold on, I, I was I was actually going to make a really intelligent link, but it has slipped my mind. So. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah no um so yeah our relationship with god isn't really too different from our relationships with each other um yeah 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 it's back now um so if we're able to drag the the awful things that damage our human relationships into our um relationship with god we can also drag some of the good things that keep our human relationship strong into our relationship with god mm. like any other relationship um, it'll only get stronger when you actually invest into it, if you invest your time, wow. you invest your attention. This is exactly like what you were saying before, right, about the whole um, the, the fancy word.
0: Hermonetics, hermeneutics, or whatever whatever the word is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that on. Um, you were saying the whole thing with like a dial that when you spin it, you know, it, it spins. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so it's, it's the same with... Um, with your relationship with people is the same with your relationship with God. The closer that you are, um, to Him, the more, the more time you spend with Him, the more time, uh, sorry, the closer you will get with Him, to Him. Um, and it's kind of like, it's, it's about building that habit. So I don't, I don't know if, if other people, I'm sure other people do this, but like when you have a, a friend or if a, <laughs> if a special friend pops up, into your life all of a sudden when something cool happens or something really sad happens first thing you're going to do is you're going to text them. oh my gosh you're never going to guess what just happened and you're, you're going to like kind of tell them about it um just doing that one with god oh, <laughs> like,
2: that's so cool
1: yeah like oh my goodness god are you seeing these people right now <laughs> 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 it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be negative it could also be positive um, one thing I, I I joke about all the time um, because there's an element of truth to it that I don't like to admit is i've I've started you know praying that I couldn't catch the bus in the morning like if i'm <laughs> if I'm taking my time <laughs> and I gotta like run or something. It's like involve them in the little things like dear Lord, I am running i'm I'm putting in what I have, but you know my lungs are about to collapse like I'm not,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm not built for this. <laughs> I'm
1: putting in what I have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god! <laughs> like, look, That's you've made funny. me this way. Uh, um, no, I'm, I'm playing, but yeah, um, this actually. Sorry, this is another mini digression, but this relates to a video I was watching or a podcast or something where, um, the lady was saying, uh, you can't just, you know, ask God to help you catch the bus and then stroll there and just kind of take your time you have to you have to actually give in something like you have to show him that you're actually trying mm-hmm. to run and catch that bus and i think that definitely relates to what we were saying because if you feel like you're um distant from god and you feel like you, you don't want to read your bible you're just not interested you feel like prayer is boring you can't seem to focus and all those things you can actually tell him. You can actually tell him and he won't take offense to it. You know, I feel like I've, I've gone to him countless times and I've been like, hey, look, I, I I'm i not feeling it anymore. And I i am not sure why. And this, this is the situation. Can you please give me a greater hunger for your work? Can you please help me realize how much I actually need you? Can you draw me closer to you? Um, and and he will so long as i actually ask like like we were saying and i actually invest the time it's like look god i i feel very spiritually stale right that's such a clunky christian term i feel like people people who don't go to church don't typically use these terms but yeah that's spiritually stale um or lukewarm even yeah there's just a whole bunch of terminology you can be like hey look i'm i'm kind of I'm feeling dry at the moment, but I'm going to allocate this time anyway. I'm going to put in the effort of opening your your word and please speak to me. I am trying, and he will. He's not. He's gone. He's not gonna, you know, leave you up to dry. Like he's he's going to go there, especially if you show him how much you need him. Um, and personally, the whole being on my own thing has has really helped with that because it just anytime that I'm feeling like I've, I've screwed up or I'm spiritually still or I'm distant, all I need to do is be like, look, you're all I have, you know, like I don't, I don't really have any other options. I can't afford to lose you as well, especially because, you know, you're in control of everything and you're, you're great and you're holy and you have all these amazing things. <laughs> um Yeah. And it's just, just realizing that and, Humbling yourself, um, and, and crying literally or figuratively, um, he's he's not going to neglect that because you know, like, like we were just um saying from the passage, like, if if even an evil man knows how to give his his kid the things the kid needs or good gifts or whatever, how how much more your father who is in heaven, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, so and, and you that. know
0: i love that and i feel like um i feel like there's this there's this whole aspect which i've only just started to come into being with me it's that aspect of rebuking or Mm. or to to be firmly corrected and it's like if something negative happens in your life sometimes it's just a firm correction back to faith and and it's like a when you're separate it's like um like you feel the powerlessness, you feel like being sucked into the world. Yeah. And then you just like, you lose, like if you lose, if you lose hope in the world quicker, I think it's a positive thing because you come back to God if you have that 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 element of faith. And mm-hmm. I feel like as well, like sometimes love is this beautiful rebuking thing that will just absolutely, like, because it's the love is so strong, it will just rip away the stuff that is that you don't need anymore. And I think, like even with my mates, like I think I think it changed for me when I was reading Proverbs mm. around like a wise friend, a good friend rebukes, and and like those who are wise encourage it. And I feel like yes, as iron
1: a, sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend as well. Yes, yes. exactly. Sorry,
0: and yeah, can go Yeah, no, spot on. Because I feel in that relationship, there's 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 us, and there's there's God, and, and it's like. We also develop a relationship and understanding of ourselves in our own little traps and pitfalls. And I feel like sometimes for me, my faith just comes back when I sit down and I don't even say a word and I just listen. And it's always there. It's it's always there. But like I get sucked back into the world, or I lose my humility, I lose my my selflessness. I get back into my selfish kind of ways. And then I suffer because of it, and then I yeah. come back. You know, I don't know. Did you have you experienced something similar?
1: Absolutely, all the time, all the time. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's really interesting that you um, mentioned the whole thing about you know like losing that self selflessness and humility, and then that ironically being the downfall that then restores us back because you know we realize that we're not because that's that's the same thing that. Um, got satan kicked out of heaven right <laughs> that's like the whole point you know pride is the beginning of of, of all of all downfall like being mm. really proudful in in yourself and just kind of being like yeah no i'm i'm capable of doing all of this on my own i'm 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 great i'm fantastic like actually you know you're not stop the cat <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> you know you're not know. stop the cat. that's so... <laughs> i love that Carol. it's hilarious No, it's true. It's true because I feel like even like just our communities and our world and and our families and our our loved ones, we're nothing without them, without God, without – like we are so nothing without all these factors. And to be caught up in that illusion that like, you know, I'm it or, you know, you're it. Like it's just – Yeah. It seems so silly when when you're thinking clearly. And I feel – it's painful it's the worst to be where it's your it and that's all it's all about you it's painful it's a painful way of living Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: ironically i feel like you know there's there's a suffering that goes on and a a failure and a, a constricting that goes on when like when i get caught up in that for myself but the moment i come back to my humility and i drop it i drop myself and i just realize how much of a gift life is and how beautiful my family is and how get, you know get grateful again yeah uh, it really like calms my heart i'm like wow okay and then i can move i can move you know because there's something more moving me you know
1: absolutely absolutely and that's that's kind of it's it's so beautiful like this this theme of connection and us kind of needing each other because that was that was god's design from the beginning right that's why god didn't let Adam be on his own he was like yeah it is not good for Adam to be alone and then he gave him a little friend a
0: little special friend <laughs> a little friend
1: <laughs> yeah oh and I guess that's that's also why we have you know like idioms like oh no man is an island um in in Arabic in Egyptian um, well my mom and dad would always would always quote this um this phrase uh in the uh, which directly translates to people are for each other. They would they would quote this. Yeah, it's so profound, isn't it? People. Mm. Yeah, they would quote this to me when um, we need help from somebody. Like if we needed somebody to give us a lift or something. And so you could. This avoidance goes back to childhood. because I was like, no, 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 I don't want to ask anything of everyone. We can sort it out on our own. We don't have to be a burden on people. And they'd be like, dude, it's it's literally fine. And that's the how, like people are for each other. It's okay if they help out this time. We'll help out next time. That's how communities are built. Like, you can't just exist on your own. Um, yeah.
0: You know that's that's really profound, yeah, Carol. I don't know. You know the word jiruso? Like, do you know like what that means? A jiruso? Say again. A jiruso? It's like um.
1: In the sentence. I,
0: I think what I remember of it and. Look, I'm probably fabricating again, but probably not. There's probably an element. It's basically when it's it's a, a jitter saw, it's like when it's a hassle, like it's a pain.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And it's like um like the 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 more that we are able to serve and like give and be generous, right, the more we we're, we're kind of able to receive. And I think there's that. I don't know if you were taught it, but like, it was kind of rooted. Like if someone offered you like a juice or water, like at the house, you're supposed to say no. Did you, were you ever taught that?
1: That's a very Arab thing.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. a classic Arab thing because. It's like uh, it's Ayub kids, to take it. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. Ayub. Exactly. Um, and it's like, as kids, like we're so excited and grateful to take the juice, but then we're kind of programmed out of receiving. Yep. And it's just like, we we like oh we always have to be giving, yet mm. we can't be receiving, and it's just like, no, you got to breathe in the oxygen and breathe out the carbon dioxide. You have got to have have both, and it's like the more freely you're able to give, the more freely and and larger you will receive. And it's um, it's like classic talents, like the investing of talents thing, you know, yes. and those those have more more will be given. Mm. Okay? I think you know that's
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. So.
1: I completely agree. I also think that sometimes it's it's doing people, the people in your your life, a real injustice to not, you know, allow them to give. I think I can't remember who was saying this. Um, get posted it on close friends. <laughs> you have close <laughs> friends' <laughs> privileges, oh, so you must have Lord. seen this at some point. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the the thing about um. <laughs> you know, like let people be there for you because if you're not, you're actually depriving them of, of that level of intimacy because if you always want to be there for someone but then when you have a struggle that you're going through you kind of, you know, wither away on your own and suffer in, in silence um, that's, that's depriving them of the opportunity to be a friend to you and to be there for you as well um, mm-hmm. and that's, that's why I think reciprocity is, is just so, so um, important in, in in any relationship like you're saying
0: yeah well in indigenous cultures like ancient indigenous i think as we'll kind of taught that reciprocity thing i remember an sba do you remember how, how if you go if you go, <laughs> if you go into like another tribe or a culture's land you bring a gift and they exchange oh. gift. like it's a gift it's like um like reciprocity is so important especially in nature it's how businesses are run Mm -hmm. it's like you think about it it's like if a business you like they give a service yeah they receive um you know money back and it's like and if if any side of the equation like if the business is taking more than they're giving eventually the customer will be done with it like no i'm not going to go there again or if the business isn't receiving enough back, they'll get burnt out and give up, and then you know, like I can't do this again. And yeah. so I guess there's a beautiful balance of of giving and receiving. And but the thing about the relationship with God, it's so lopsided because God just loves and gives infinitely, and it's so like you can try give back, but you're just gonna be you like you'll you'll give you nothing you give will ever be like measure up to anything. That god yeah god, you know it's just like a it's a perfect um it's a perfect gift you know it's an infinite gift and i think um yeah and i think that, that that's why um gratitude is an interesting thing can you speak about gratitude what's your go what's your, your thought on gratitude
1: i think it's really important as as not just a, a concept or something to return to but a whole lifestyle um, like being able to, to give thanks for, for what you have, um, regardless of the situation. Um, some people would call it delusion almost to, like, almost stubbornly see the, the bright side of things, but there's, there's always something to be thankful for. Um, yeah. Was there a particular aspect of, of gratitude that?
0: Well, I guess, some... Um... No, I think you've, you've actually triggered something for me. It's just like um, actually combining like this is really exciting because just building on our early conversation of linguistics, um, how a word like words create the reality, sort of like they shape it, and by giving thanks, you're you're giving a reality of, of of like a thank you. Like you you change something. You almost alchemize lead into gold. Through a thank you, through a word of thank you. That's actually something that's just kind of come through. And I've always, always kind of known it. But I, I, I'm kind of currently right now in the middle of trying to deeply know it, deeply know gratitude. Cause I've been told platitudes and um, I'm always, you know, grateful to people in my life. But yeah, just like I want to take that to the next level. So
1: yeah, I think I started to understand the whole concept of, of gratitude just the importance of saying thank you after i started uh, tutoring because for me so okay so i work with little kids right and some classes that i have there's like 10 of them and one of me <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, i'd i'd go work in their school so this is like you know their classroom it's their territory it's after school sometimes they will have been given um what do they call them the little um Ice blocks. They they have a name.
0: Icy poles. <laughs> Zuberdubers.
1: Those are the ones.
0: duper oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> So it's like they'd be just absolutely jumping off the walls. It'd be wild, okay. Um, and so I have to go in and I have to to tame this beast and try to teach them something, right? Um, and so I would I would be in there like sweating blood, okay, in order to teach these children something. And then by the end of it, by the end of the hour, I'd I'd just be completely fried and be like oh like just completely exhausted right like why am i even doing this even though i do enjoy it but then one of the kids will come up to me and say thank you and all of that emotion will just wash away completely (laughs) i'm not even joking and i'd be and i'd be filled with this just it's so sweet when 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 somebody recognizes what you're trying to do for them uh, it just creates such a such a a beautiful bond because then I start becoming grateful for the children who say thank you. Um, yeah, it just it changes everything like a little bit of gratitude changes everything. and I guess there's a there's a Bible story about this. I actually forgot about this one for a while, but this just triggered that. um so it's the story of uh what was it the the ten lepers? Uh, where there were 10 guys who had leprosy, they just hang around, and then I think it was Jesus, I think this was the New Testament. Um, and Jesus shows up and he heals all 10 of them, and so they all go away to show the priest or whatever, like, hey, we're clean, we can we can hang out with the rest of y'all. Um, and then only one comes back to say thank you. Um, and and Jesus, is like, oh, the rest of y'all, for real. Um. <laughs> 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 yeah um but yeah just just being thankful is so important because it it can be so so rare but it really does make all the difference to just appreciate people in your life who who do things for you um
0: well i guess that's cool something's just come to me like as in it's kind of like a recognition isn't it it's like Hey, you. You contributed this. I'm gonna actually notice that you contributed to my life. Thank you, because that's you brought something to me. I appreciate it.
1: Exactly. Sometimes that. Sometimes that's all you need. Especially if if you're like a a tutor or even a, a mother. Because my mom used to. So obviously, moms do a lot for their kids, and so sometimes I'd go up to be like, "Hey, mom, thanks for doing X, Y, Z. You know, as a little kid, she'd be like, "You know, when you said that, just." It made everything worth it. And I I never really understood what she was talking about until I started teaching. <laughs> that was that was my experience too. Um and it's funny because see, the the boy who would always come up to me and say thank you was actually the most troublesome of the entire vault. Um and so it it's like I <laughs> in true Arab mom fashion, like I'd want to pull all my hair out <laughs> like in class. and just i'd I'd be writing and painting no i'm kidding
2: um but yeah
1: (laughs) sometimes they just be such a difficult time um but then when he when he comes to me and say oh thank you that really changed everything um and then at the end of the the term what he did was he actually created like a little yarn craft or something and he gave it to me it was it was something to put on my car mirror and i was like oh like i don't have a car but i kept it And when i do get a car i'll i i do you want, do you want to see it
0: yeah show you um that's so cool
1: will i be able to find it
0: Ooh. yeah i'll have a
1: look at shit too at the end <laughs> but yeah
0: nice <laughs> that's wow that's cool that's really cool and I I know there's another thing that they say like you know what you appreciate appreciates uh, appreciation is literally growth you know in wow terms.
1: okay I didn't know that one that that that's that's gorgeous yeah, Damn.
0: yeah it's cool it's cool and it's um yeah it's like a, a appreciation and it's like well I guess the more you appreciate it brings something into being it, it recognition being linguistics because <laughs> you can just call you can call everything a thank you. you can call everything in gratitude. you can just make everything you know appreciate everything somehow.
1: That's true. that's true. but I feel like this also links to the whole um, not really, but it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. um like if you if you show something attention and if you nurture it then you know it's kind of expected for it to grow or get better with time um yeah so i guess in 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 sociology this is back from year 11 so i'm stretching my mind back but um we we did this in the context of education um so again like the more you give a child attention the better the child will do in class and then we look at how to practice a bit like that.
0: Um, yeah. Attention, yeah time, space, love, understanding, curiosity—it all kind of links, doesn't it, somehow?
1: Absolutely. Because what it is is—is is when you song got stuck in my head. <laughs> Sorry, it's like what it is, and then the the side of my brain that's rotting because of TikTok just decided to enter. <laughs> <it. laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, essentially, the the essence of, of all of it is sacrifice, right? So when 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 you give something, essentially, you're you're sacrificing something, and that's that's kind of what uh, Eric Fromm said. But he only said that because that's what Christ said, you know. Mm. Um, that's if if you want to summarize the the Bible into one word, if you want to summarize God into one word, if you want to summarize love into one word. Essentially, that one word is sacrifice, mm. um, to just intentionally choose to give something up for somebody else. Uh, and you don't expect something in return. Mm. Um, and that's that's why I think. You know, when you when you give something to someone, you sacrifice something and you don't expect anything in return and they come back with gratitude, or they come back with a thank you. That's why it just it means so much more. You know, because you weren't you weren't expecting it, but it was it was given nonetheless, and yeah,
0: that's beautiful. Uh, like something just came to mind: is that like
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's um, the, the the like it's it's really what I'm thinking is that like love is intimacy, it's connection, it's it's kind of the stripping away of everything that separated you from the other it's the stripping away of the name of the language it, it's love and it's a giving and, and it, it's, it's a going into like, into oneness with, it's kind of a, a communion, you know, or yeah. a union in a way I feel. And that, I think that's, that's beautiful because it, you know, I guess if you don't love someone, it means that you've created a separation in somehow and something needs to be sacrificed. And That thing is, is whatever's holding you back from loving or, or connecting or being one or noticing the oneness in that. And I think, yeah, and I, I don't know, like I just time and it's beautiful, it's beautiful, really beautiful things.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess that kind of theme of of connection is why uh, this is so it's it's really sweet to the point it gets a little bit cheesy, but you know, yeah. when Basically when God gave Adam Eve, um, first thing Adam did was he he sang a little song of appreciation that showed how one they were. He he was like, Oh yeah, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Essentially that idea of, oh, we are one. You're we actually made of the same dirt. Um so that's that's I think really beautiful. It shows the whole theme of um of oneness, uh and also God, there's something else that you said that just struck a chord, uh, that it escaped my mind now. But, uh, there is the, the whole theme of, um, no, it's not coming to me. Okay. The whole theme of, uh, connection. There's actually a, uh, a linguistic theory that links quite closely to this. Uh, and it is communication accommodation theory. Um, I think this, uh, was, so I think Howard Giles came up with this term. Uh, but essentially it's when you like someone, you feel connected to them. You're more likely to converge with mm-hmm. them linguistically so you'll start speaking kind of the same whether that's using the same words or pronouncing a specific word in a certain way to match their speaking style a little more um and then the opposite of that is when you want to make a distinction between yourself and the person you would diverge um it's just it's really interesting because you know these these very internal processes we can see in a tangible way with the way that we speak so Wow. It's, yeah.
0: I love how we can just peek into that using language. And I was talking about it today on the Metro. Like, we just pick up what our mates say. Like, we just start saying that. And that's really cool. I, that's actually really mad because it's, um, yeah, that's actually kind of mind blowing. I'm kind of, I'm getting a bit mind blown right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I guess there's, there's also a a word for it somewhat. So there are, there are different categories. So obviously, you know what a dialect is. Hmm. Uh, it's like, it's a variation of the same language. So you've got like the Australian English dialect, you've got the American English dialect, stuff like that. Hmm. Then there's a sociolect, which is kind of like, um, the dialect of a social group uh, of, of any kind. And then there's the idiolect. So that's like the dialect of one person, of each individual. Um, yeah, and then the people that you're close to will influence your idiolect. And so it's like you can you can see how impacted you've been uh, by the people who are close to you in your life through your idiolect, through the words that you use the most. Wow. Um, it's really I mean, beautiful.
0: And like if your idiolect is is impacted like it really goes to show like who you who you hang around is who you become. What you That's contemplate exactly right. and who you contemplate is who you're connected with and who you become. And if you just contemplate Christ all day, you'll just become like Christ. And it's just like it's beautiful, really. Like you know, or if you just um like influence influences, like it's really everything. Like we are influential, whether we we um like it or not, because if we're here in this world, we. You know, and an influence, I believe, is it's it's I, I I know its etymology is something around the the path of water.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that one. Yeah, check it out the, the etymology on that one. But it's um, it's it's um, we can influence each other, and and we do it unconsciously, and and what what we hang out with either raises our, you know, our like, you know, raises our vibe or, you know, decreases it, you know, in ways. And sometimes yeah. we raise others up, you know. I don't know. It's it's interesting.
1: Yeah. That's why my mom used to always say uh, friends are like an elevator. You know, they're never going to keep you at the same level. They're either going to, you know, go up and, and take you with them or they're going to drag you down. You seem to be very careful who you choose to associate with.
0: Oh. Wow, I, I love mm-hmm. that. That's really powerful that's very powerful friends like an elevator that's cool yeah and i guess i'm you know like oh wow relationships like in a way you know we we resonate like we kind of connect with people who are like us and it's like if you want to look at who you are look at who you resonate with and and you'll see what what's in them and what it's in yourself
1: yeah, that's exactly right. Birds of a feather, right?
0: Mm.
1: They, they flock together. They together. <laughs> 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 the, the timing of that felt really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's... Yeah. I feel like that, that captures it as well. It's just, it's really interesting. There's also the... um. Again, I'm not sure who came up with this theory, but I feel like everyone knows this one. It's like the... Five people who are closest to you will shape uh who you are or something along those lines.
0: Yeah. Like you like yeah, it's like um you're and I've heard this specifically around money actually. Like oh. your, your income it ends up being like the average of the five people like who you surround yourself with. Oh really? Yeah, because I guess that that social pressure and force is such a force that is there we can't be remiss and and discount it it's it's there it's like it's it's going to influence you and i think but you know in spite of that i think no matter what you can always control things in a way that you just kind of keep getting closer to god and deepening your own faith and keep improving and keep self-reflecting deeper within yourself and find that ultimate source of influence of, of life and that wellspring and eventually you become like a a leader. And I feel like a leader is someone who is who is influenced deeply by God, you know. And like yes. influenced so deep level that they can influence others up as well. It it means yes. that you know in that in that scenario, you are the the raising influence. But you know yeah. leaders need to be nourished and to be led, you know.
1: That's absolutely right. Um, and it's, it's really interesting as well that, cause you mentioned leadership and I think that's so important. Um, when, when Christ was giving his disciples, you know, the image of what a leader is and who a leader is and what a leader does, first thing he did was, you know, he got down and washed his disciples' feet. Um, which is obviously like a really kind of, like, it's a, it's a dirty job. It's a, it's a nasty thing to have to deal with. Yeah. Especially no, I'm serious, like especially if you've been walking around in, like the sand all day, like a, a yeah, grown man. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, but that kind of shows you, um, yeah, the importance of serving and the importance of sacrifice. Because mm-hmm. you're not just sacrificing your own physical comfort of, you know, not having to deal with these people's feet. Um, it's also the sacrifice of the ego. Um, you're putting your own ego aside and you kind of the physical act of bending down to serve somebody else i think is just so
0: profound
1: and it's just so there's just a lot there
0: well and you know i, I read it I, this is one of my favorite quotes from the Tao Te Ching and it says that the reason why the ocean is so great is it is because it is lower than a thousand rivers and lakes
1: oh oh wow yeah i have to write that down
0: yeah the dao Te ching the dao Te ching like it was written 2500 years ago it's a beautiful beautiful thing it's ancient chinese philosophy
1: mm. yeah that's that's so beautiful and so eloquent mm.
0: and it, it, i love this, that <laughs> The Dao speaks about the Master and the Master like like these qualities you reflect on it and I, like i I could see um I could see like aspects of like a lot of aspects of Christ it was almost like it's describing Christ like you know yeah in in like different ways you know and I can say a little bit of myself I' getting out yes
1: no that's a good thing
0: no, that's a joke I was joking <laughs> I'm, I'm literally contradicted. Yeah, a thousand lakes and a river thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's,
0: um, it's it's beautiful. I think you know if we if we strip it down, it's like like what what impact did we have on on life on on the people around us and like who were we, you know? And and we have we have the ability to impact those around us and. You know, there's there's people in this world that we we got to care for. You know, I don't
1: know. No, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, mm. it's definitely something to uh, reflect on. Mm. Yeah. Well.
0: Well my final question, my final question, actually, I'll give you two two kind of final questions. There's, first of all, what is wisdom to you? I don't know how I haven't got around to it. And um, and then also if there's anything else that you'd like to express from your heart.
1: Um, okay, so what is wisdom to me? Well, the, the Bible talks a lot about wisdom, doesn't it? Um in in Proverbs and just throughout. <laughs> Um, I feel like I don't know I feel like it's it's too great a concept for me to try and uh define and that's why the first thing that came to mind is wisdom is growing to be like Christ. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like you you need or personally I need um a a role model to kind of um work towards and look towards and just kind of Aspire to mimic. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's, that's wisdom. I also understand wisdom as, uh, applying what you know to be correct is just knowing things is knowledge, but then applying that knowledge is wisdom. Um, and I think that sometimes applying what you know to be true can often be really, really difficult. Um, and you know, sometimes it could even be unpopular and, and countercultural. And so, wisdom requires a lot of uh, bravery and wisdom. Um, and yeah, I think in in that same vein, um, here's here's the thing, right? Especially when when you're expressing a, an opinion or you want to live by a truth that is not necessarily popular. Um, I was listening to a, it was like a video or a podcast, a video or something, but the person who was speaking was basically saying, you know, he, he gets a lot of uh, praise for kind of voicing his own uh, opinions and kind of speaking his truth. Um, and he, and he gets a lot of comments saying like, oh, you're so brave and stuff like that. And he was saying, well, actually, it's not that I'm brave. It's that I fear the alternative more. Um, and he was, he was talking about this in the context of like, um, fearing God, not like being afraid of God, but in the context of like, you know, respecting God and being like, okay, well, am I, am I more scared of how, you know, the people around me are going to see me? Or do I care more about the consequence of, you know, first of all, not, not speaking out the truth in a situation where the truth needs to be spoken out? And to. um, like, just having, having God judge you instead of, instead of people, you know? So it's like, what is it, what is it that you're selling and at what cost? You yeah. know, like, like, are you gonna, in addition, we have this phrase, it's like, I think you probably have it in English as well, but it's like, uh, which, which means, which translates to you're selling the expensive thing for a cheap thing. That's um, awesome. so I think wisdom is, knowing your priorities and having your um, moral standing and being firm on it mm. um, it's like oh my goodness so a couple of years ago sorry small digression <laughs> i went through i went through a uh, a really interesting country music phase <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh my Bear with me
1: so there was this one song i can't remember who it was by um, but basically the entire thing was in this, you know, like southern drawl. Love it. Uh, he was saying, "You've got to stand for something, or you'll fall for anything." Anything. Um, yeah. And I think that that encapsulates wisdom pretty well. It's knowing what you stand for and applying it, um, being fearless, and making sure that the thing that you're standing for uh, is grounded in in Christ. For me personally,
0: that's beautiful. I really love that because it's. It sounds like to me that wisdom is is understanding the grander perspective, understanding what's actually important. I think, and like the opposite of of, of someone wise is a fool, yeah. And a fool just won't actually doesn't actually understand what they're doing. So <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, I think I like to contrast that. Yeah, that's really cool. I really, really love that. So, from thank you. Like, like understanding what's important, your moral stance, and sticking by that bravely and kind of truthfully and becoming yeah. more like Christ.
1: Exactly. And I feel like for, for that to exist, this is why I personally, personally, this is a personal choice, don't go from my throat. <laughs> I, that's why I believe that there has to be an objective truth, which mm. I know is, is again, very counter cultural, counter-philosophical, I don't know, counter a whole bunch of things. Um but you 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 need you need something that you can
0: anchor yourself to.
1: Exactly, exactly. And not just anchor yourself and refer back to, but also push against and have it push back at you. Like well why can't I do this? Why is this wrong? Well this is why. And then something that kind of pushes you back in. You kind of need like uh, um, a boundary that can contain you that you can safely challenge and push against and know that it's not going to move. Whereas if it mm. were subjective and oh, well, you know, oh, well, anybody could just do whatever, you know, it's like you have nothing to push against and then things just get out of control and you just you lose that feeling of, of safety and security. It's like, well, who do I go to to know the correct answer? It's like, well, actually, there is no co- correct answer, just like go nuts in my head. Now, this is an analogy that I've I've spoken about to a few people. None of them understood what the heck I was talking about, but I'm gonna do it anyway. So, in in my head, it's like having an objective truth is almost like being on train tracks. So it's nice and solid. You know where you're going. Whereas not having one to me feels like ice skating. You can just slide around anywhere. I personally prefer having like a, a grounding and anchor, like you said. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. lovely no that's cool that's really cool i um i think grounding is everything there's this um get, like you know archimedes talks about give me a le- lever large enough now move the world yeah um one of the guys i listened to michael neal he says that but without a ground you can't actually use a lever a ground exactly. stand, you can't use a lever and it's the grounding, which is the s- so important because, and even in metaphysics and epistemology, if you get something on the grounding of your understanding of your being of anything wrong,
2: mm-hmm.
0: your whole life will be a lie because it's built off something that's false. And false is fundamentally an illusion. But, but what's solid, like if you look at your hand and you try to question your hand, like, is this really here? yeah it's going to be there it's going to be there. no matter how much you question it it's just there it just is the isness i think i think it's so important to have that i think that's really cool wow that's a really beautiful cool aspect of wisdom as well i like that i like that <laughs> yeah and carol was there just in general anything else that you'd like to express
1: uh my gratitude oh oh, (laughs) thank you for uh thank you for having me on your podcast and thank you for chatting with me it was honestly so great like I was so nervous before we started (laughs) oh because yeah yeah like thank you uh for deciding that my (laughs) vibe deserved to be on here (laughs) thank you for uh, turning this into a bible study with me essentially <laughs> <laughs> oh it was a lot of fun and yeah i'm i'm grateful that uh in my life that we met through what was it sba i think yeah 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 yeah, yeah just just a lot of gratitude
0: yeah no like I, thank you carol thank you for coming on thank you for taking the step i've just had the most delightful conversation and I don't always get to or really do express um, my, you know, my faith really. I don't always. And I think that's something I, um, you know, I could be doing better really. And I, I just, I so appreciate to be able to explore that and share that in just like a really honest and fun fashion and be on that same understanding, but to also be challenged as well. And I just thoroughly enjoyed our, our conversation and, you know, I think my gut feeling as always was bang on. (laughs) So I really, I really appreciate you coming on. So thank you, Carol. And yeah, if to, to listeners, the invisible listeners right now, if you'd like to get in contact with Carol, Carol, you want to have a chat with the sea dog, then just contact me (laughs) and I can see if I can link it up. But honestly, Carol, it's been such a marvelous and beautiful uh, pleasure Thank you you're just you're just a um you're a fountain of wisdom i feel
1: goodness that's that's, that's really so that's such a, a big title um I'm really humbled by this. Thank you Jacob. um yeah no I'm all embarrassed now and I can't respond so
0: I'm just <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> well, then, on that note we're all uh, we there we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening.